bow our hearts as we pray this evening. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, we appreciate you for your son, our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for the opportunity you are giving us in you know, this conference this year for to hear you more and come into greater strength of the things you are declaring to us as a people. O God of our Father, Daddy Oyegoke, we come tonight, your children, under your servants. Show us mercy. That which you've prepared for this um, brief time of your word in this meeting, Lord, guide us all in different locations here and different locations to come into what you have aforetime prepared that we should come into in the name of Jesus. Lord, I submit to your grace in the house. Help me to submit. Teach me to submit. Teach my heart to align. I ask that the same things you have been saying at my level of grace as a young minister under your servants, my parents and pastors, you would let me, you would help me to say the things that should be said, that I ought to say the way I ought to say them. You would anoint me, you grant me utterance, you enable me, and you grant everyone help access and understanding tonight in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God. So I'll just take um, a toll from where uh, I think Pastor Bukumi mentioned the scripture. I don't know whether it's Pastor Bukumi. John 21. John chapter 21.
Thank you, Jesus. Mana fasi la badeno kosite la bagadino satia. Mini fere gadino kosite le bedi. Sevele keti bredi akosiata bread. Ima la faiga de ne suti la daratia to bread. Ema raso shataigi. Mina saidu vre bread. Ima na sata bread. See the angel of the Lord for you. See, I've been sent here to help you. Yea, I've been sent here to assist you. Yea, I've been sent here to bring you up to describe a side of this bread. Yea, even a manner of this bread. Even a manner of this living bread to be brought out to be seen. Yea, a side of the living bread. Yea, even a side, even a mannerism. Yea, even the mannerism, even the play out. Even the showing forth of this living bread. Even to bring a clear difference. Between this bread and the bread that is Christ. Yea, I've come to bring you up to say it. Yea, the inspiration of a broth. Yea, the inspiration of a broth. Yea, the inspiration of a piece of bread. Yea, it's been given to your soul right now. And I say, speak it. Yea, speak it. Yea, speak it. Speak it for you see you are covered to speak it. Yea, speak for this mannerism. It's a blessing to my people. It's the blessing that my people should find in this moment. Yea, speak this manner of bread. Yea, speak this manner of bread. Yea, even the manner, even a clear difference of this bread and the bread of Christ. See the angel of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, sir. John chapter 20, I read verse 31, one of the uh, verses of scriptures uh, that was uh, mentioned from the Canada end of the meeting. I read verse 31. But these things are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, comma, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. Let's say amen. So John is saying uh, by the Spirit of God that many things Jesus did, if you read the prior verses, many, many things were that Jesus did, but that these things, the ones he wrote, were written so that his audience, us, those who got to read this book at every time, who will read it by the help of the Spirit, would believe that Jesus is the Christ, comma, the Son of God. Now, when it comes to um, teaching doctrine, that's where, you know, scriptures are considered in their nitty-gritty. Any generation, church, individual, minister that is not being helped by the Lord, the Lord has not shown mercy, you know, like the Lord is showing us so much mercy as a generation through his servant, Daddy Oyegoke and Mommy Ellen and other ministers, you know, that are, you know, serving with them. Any generation that has not found mercy might not consider scriptures. At its doctrinal level. Now, the whole of scriptures from the beginning, Genesis, are laid with the wisdom of doctrine. Meaning, you know, from the beginning, from when God said in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, God was speaking 
with a sense of doctrine. God didn't put anything within this book. Even the stories you might consider casual stories in Old Testament. You understand? The way they are laid, the way the stories are put there, are put there with an intent to show doctrine, to press out doctrine, to bear witness to doctrine. So everything in the Bible is actually strengthening you know, different levels of doctrine. Let's say amen. So John speaking concerning, you know, uh, Jesus, our Lord, you know, he said that the things that he wrote were written so that those who read it would believe that Jesus is the Christ. Now, when he was born, they didn't give him Christ. In Luke chapter 1, the angel that came said his name shall be called, told Mary, say his name shall be called Jesus. Jesus means, you know, you know uh, the Lord is salvation. Say he will save his people from their sins. So the person, I was listening to one minister recently and he was trying to talk about Jesus. All he was just saying is Jesus. And he was trying to say every time they were calling him Jesus of Nazareth. You understand? Angels in Acts chapter 1, the two men that were by the mountain, they called, said this Jesus of Nazareth that you see go up. Hmm? You know, Pharisees called him Jesus of Nazareth. The high priest called him Jesus of Nazareth. The man who was healed from, you know, who was blind from his mother's womb and was healed called him Jesus of Nazareth. Even demons called him Jesus of Nazareth. Then he himself in Acts 26, you understand? You understand? Called himself Jesus of Nazareth. So there is him. The man is Jesus. So Mary gave birth to Jesus, spirit, soul, body, a baby, no sin in his spirit, soul, in his body. It was sinless, but yet it wasn't perfect. Let's say amen. Now, Jesus now grew into Jesus in his soul. He learned something that is called Jesus in the book of Acts. He said, this same Jesus whom you have crucified had God made both Lord and Christ. It is him, Jesus, the man, that we, we believed him as Lord to be born again. We didn't believe him as Christ. Romans chapter 10, verses you know, 9 and 10. You know, for with the heart man believeth, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation, that if you believe in I heart, the Lord Jesus. So he actually, you know, grew into that stature, that, you know, manly, you know, what the best way you could describe it is, you know, he grew into the stature of a man that we could believe in. That thing, you know, call it the, you know, the building. Of course, his spiritual body, they called him Jesus. They said Mary should give him Jesus. But he also grew the point of connection between us and the things Christ, Father, God is Jesus. So we, we needed to, they, they, so it's not just a name they gave him. They also built it. They in that thing inside of him. It's a formation that they put in him. They put that in. It's a formation of a man. It's like a formation of Adam. They put it in him. Let's say amen. 
So we, he needed to be like that to connect every other thing that we should come into. It's like he, they built Jesus as a, you know, a kind of Adam that can connect us, that we can connect to now come into the provisions of God. So, and that thing, that building is what is called Lord. That building in him, that's the first thing they built in him. That's one we connect with. That's the one we believe. So when an unbeliever is saying he believes, you know, the, uh, Jesus, or you, know, you can say you believe Christ, but really you can't believe Christ. Uh, because to believe Christ, you need to learn. But to believe Jesus, all you need to do is to believe and when you believe, you are swapped. Because, you know, everything in the Adamic genealogy, him and his wife, every human being that has come out, that will ever come out, they all have their replicas in Jesus. So, in Jesus, every human being that has been born, that is existing, that will ever be born, from the lineage of Adam is in Jesus. So, when a person believes in Jesus... You understand? It is accrued to him because Jesus paid the price for Adam. He paid the price for every human being. So when they killed Jesus on the cross, they actually set every man free. But the, every man can only come into that freedom by believing in Jesus. So we believe. He said, this same Jesus, that same man, God made him Lord. He became Lord of the you know human race you believe in him you call him lord you swap you swap lineage you swap nature you no longer exist in the other one the other one that has satan lording it over men because adam submitted to satan they bring you out of it you now come into a new one let's say amen but the beautiful thing in scriptures is that jesus learned things in the days of his flesh. So as the child Jesus, that's the way they called him in the book of Luke, eh, as the child Jesus was growing, they actually piled things, you know, into him. And the first things that they piled into him for learning are the things of Christ. Now, if you check the people who wrote the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and, you know, also John. Because John, where we're right now, John 20, 31, they were actually trying to, you understand, show those two natures, those two lives, those two buildings that our Lord Jesus carried in the days of his flesh. Now, if you feel there is hatred against what we're here, of course, there is. There is, if you are on social media, there is volatile. It's the same thing that moved back then in the early church that they were killing apostles. They were trying to destroy scriptures. It's, it's evil spirits putting their things in men that trouble the early church that are rising again. Because why? They don't want the eyes of a people to be opened, to see those ancient landmarks. Those landmarks are there from the word go, from Genesis chapter 1. The Lord had laid those landmarks, landmarks of things Christ. 
and landmarks of things. Father, let's say amen. So in John 20, he said these things are written. That you might believe that Jesus, Jesus is the Christ. A comma, the son of God. That's the son of the living God. Let's turn our Bibles to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. Verse 13. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. When Jesus came into the coasts of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? I remember I listened to a message in, you know, uh, many years ago. It was a message preached by God's servant, uh, Reverend Copland, Kenneth Copland, 1980 camp meeting. And in, he taught two or three messages or four messages on love. So in that meeting, he said something, you know, very always beautiful listening to Reverend Kenneth Copland. He said something. He said he went to the original manuscript of scriptures, the original manuscript, and discovered it's without punctuation. Comma, semicolon, colon. Full stop. He said the original manuscript, the Greek, Hebrew, Latin, you know, some portions, manuscript did not have punctuations. The people who translated it punctuated it as they deemed fit. Experts, particularly the King James. Let's say amen. Now, I said that for to say this. Now, he said, whom do men say that I, that looks like tautology, I, the son of man, am. Who do men say that I am? That's a good question. That's English. Or who do men say that the son of man am? That's a good English. He's actually asking two questions. Who do men say that I, the son of man, am? Now, you know he's asking two questions because when answer will come, it is two answers. That whoever gave the answer, which is the father, actually gave, he answered the question of the son through Peter. Then Peter said, he said, thou, that's verse, verse 16, 16, 16. And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, comma, the son of the living God. Now that's another witness. You know, Peter, you know, uh, Jesus, while talking to his disciples, you understand, one time he was teaching, he said, it is written in your law that in the mouth of two or three witnesses is every word confirmed. He told them, he said, it is written in your law. Uh, then in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, Paul also said it. He said, in the mouth of two or three witnesses. A witness is not just that somebody said, you know, somebody, two people are, were, saw it or two people agreed. No. Witnesses are, are people who are built to the strength of everlasting things. If a person doesn't get to the point of being everlasting in life, he's not yet a witness. So these people who wrote these things, if you read, as we are growing under our parents, under the Lord, if you read scriptures, you will know this, the level of meticulousness and accuracy is with the strength of everlasting sense. So it's not just that they are not giving accounts alone. They are actually laying things the way they ought to be laid. So, you know, you know Peter in, in John, he said, these things I write, that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, comma, 
the son of the living God. Now, Matthew, in his own strength, still giving account, you understand, you know, was telling what Peter answered Jesus. And what did Matthew say? He said, you know, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered, he said, flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto you. He said, but my father, which is in heaven. Now that's another witness. You know, let's turn our Bibles to Genesis. You know, for some people, bless their hearts. Particularly if they are sincere, bless their hearts. But for those who, for the purpose of doing injury and causing confusion, you understand, they are stupid and foolish. They should rather go and sit somewhere and, you know, pursue whatever it is they are convinced about than face a people who are serious with God. They should rather go and, you understand, preach whatever you preach. Believe whatever you believe. Than face a people who are becoming holy by what they are hearing. Than face a people who are changing. I know what I was like 10 years ago. I know people have seen who have changed on account of what they are hearing. So don't just sit somewhere with your big head and loud mouth without apology and try to cast a stumbling block on the people who are on a journey to go meet God. If you don't believe it, then leave it. Don't build a ministry around attacking what God is doing amongst the people. Let's say amen. amen. Genesis chapter 1. Verse 26. And I'm saying it without apology. Under my parents and pastors. Genesis chapter 1. is not ethical. I'm saying it without apology. Let's say amen. amen. Verse 26. I have an example in Kenneth again. You say, bless their darling head and stupid head. <laughs> Verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over everything, over the cattle and over all the earth. And over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he, male and female created he them. And blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, have dominion over it. Now put your hand and your heart on that scripture. John chapter 3. The gospel of John chapter 3. The Gospel of John chapter 3, the account of Jesus and Nicodemus. John chapter 3. I read from verse 3. Nicodemus came by night. Verse 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. This is Jesus teaching new birth. That a person needs to be born again 
for him to see the kingdom of God. He went ahead to talk about except a man be born, verse 5, of water and spirits, he cannot enter. That's another issue. Now, let's read verse 12. The core of his teaching, first of all, is born again to, you understand, see. So he's talking about new births. Then in verse 12, he told Nicodemus, because Nicodemus was wild and was wondering how these things shall be. Then Jesus answered in verse 12. He said, if I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you heavenly things? Now, there are things that are of the earth, and there are many things that you can attribute to be of the earth. But one thing, one of the biggest earthly things is the new birth. Now, it's not earthly because it's a thing of the earth. It's earthly because it occurred in the earth. Our spirit is not born again in heaven. Our spirit, when Jesus was being quickened from the dead, our spirit was quickened. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4. And as I said, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he had loved us, even when we were dead in sins, had quickened us together with Christ. So our spirits, what happened in our spirit is Christ is spiritual, it's I, but it's a earthly thing. Earthly thing in the sense that it occurred in the earth. And Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 was a type of it. In Genesis 1.26, what God did was to create Adam's spirit. Spirit soul, he created him. Then in verse, that's 26, 27. Then in 28, he blessed the soul with knowledge. He blessed the soul with life. Let's say amen. amen. Now, when we were born again, we actually experienced a similitude, but in a new manner. Our spirit is Christ. What Adam's spirit here is a type of Christ. In a Old Testament fashion, God created the spirit and soul. Then God put blessing in it. After he created it, he blessed him. Of course, when God blesses, he gives knowledge. He gives power. He said, and God blessed them. And God said, he put things. They didn't learn it. It was put there by God's knowledge. Now, we, when we believed Christ, of course, when Jesus was quickened from the dead, when God raised him from the dead, every human spirit had been quickened. First Corinthians 15, as in Adam, all died. So also in Christ shall all be made alive. Before God, every man has been raised. But for us to come into it, we need to believe him. So when I confess Jesus as Lord, something happened to my spirit. My spirit is now Christ. So I now, but it happens on the earth. As the body without the spirit is dead. Is dead. So is faith without works. So my spirit is in my body. What happened to my spirit is heavenly. It's not just heavenly, it's of the world to come, but it's an earthly thing. So Jesus was talking to Nicodemus about new birth. And he said, if I have told you earthly things, and you find it difficult to believe, how will I tell you heavenly things? Heavenly things are realms of entrances, outer courts, holy place, most holy place. They are high heavenly things. Let's say amen. 
So new birth, recreating our spirit, is a type of what happened in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And God blessed Adam's soul and blessed Eve's soul with things of the spirit. So their soul had knowledge. Now we, we are born again. We are Christ in our spirit. We are recreated. The word there is creation. Everybody say creation. He said, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. In Genesis 1, 26, he said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. But in 27, God created man in his own image. So they create spirits. The first spirit was created. Now the new spirit was also created. But our spirit is created, but we are yet to come into the knowledge of our spirit. You know, God created in 127. Then he blessed that soul and spirit. He blessed them with a knowledge. I can assure you, it's a knowledge of Christ. He must have blessed that, that, spirit, that soul with. Meaning, know the things that pertains to the nature that you are as a spirit. Let's say amen. amen. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who had blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Let's say amen. So he had blessed us, but we have not received it. You know, Adam, God created, verse 27, Genesis 1. Then he put, Adam wasn't learning. God put it. He blessed him. But for us, we need to learn our blessing. What we learn with our soul, the first learning, because the moment Adam was made, really, is because of the fall. One of our ministers was saying some days ago, the reason why we need to learn milk is because of the fall. So when we get born again in our spirit, really, all things being equal, the first learning we should learn is Christ. Milk is to raise us from where we fall in into. Then if we, when we take milk, they now give us Christ. So the first teaching that we should take as God's people is Christ. Now even Old Testament pattern bears witness to it. Let's say amen. So we learn Christ. Everybody say we learn Christ. So when, you know, Peter was asking, when Jesus asked them, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? He was saying, who, another way to say it, who do men say that Christ, the son of the living God, is? So John 20, 31 that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ. Now, we will not believe if we don't hear. Now, there is a hearing we hear when, you know, we, you know somebody preaches to us as unbelievers. That's not the type of hearing you hear to believe Christ. Somebody doesn't necessarily have to be a minister to preach that one to you. Somebody can get born again yesterday and get another person born again today. Am I saying the truth? Romans chapter 10. Romans 10. Romans chapter 10. I read verse 14. 
How dare shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? This is faith, hearing faith. And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel. So what I want to say is that those who will preach... I need to check the context of what he's talking about, what they should preach. How beautiful are the feet? That's verse um, 15. How, beauty, how shall they preach except they be sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace, Christ. So a, a Christ cannot be preached except preachers are raised and sent. So if he says in John 20 verse 31... That these things I'm writing is so that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ. You, by just reading an account, that okay, I, I read it, I believe Jesus is the Christ. You've not believed. Preachers have to open Christ, they have to preach Christ. Check it fivefold are meant to preach Christ, they are meant to spell Christ, meaning those blessings that are in Christ. The soul needs to learn it. We are Christ in our spirit. That's who we are by reason of the new birth. But we don't have the blessing or we don't have life. Because Christ is life. Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. So there is a gospel of Christ. If he says, you know, the reason why he wrote these things in John 20, 31, is so that you will believe that Jesus is the Christ. And Apostle Paul now said, there is a gospel of Christ. In chapter 2 of this same Romans, verse 15, he called it my gospel. In chapter 16, 25, he called it gospel of power. He said, now to him that is of power to establish you. So that gospel of power is actually gospel of Christ. Now, he later defined it in this verse 16, for it is the power of God that can lead to salvation. To everyone that believes, again, the word believe. But it needs to be taught. Doctrine. Gospel is doctrine. Teachings. It needs to be taught. Now everyone who believes and uses it, it will lead them to another allocation, which is salvation. Verse 17. He said, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Like Pastor Bukumi said, you can walk by faith. So really, the gospel of Christ is the gospel of life. Let's say amen. amen. Pastor Bukumi made reference to Mr. Niger D. Our body has been defined by biology that we can do Mr. Niger D. But Mr. Niger D exists also for the soul. The soul is supposed to live. The soul is supposed to walk. Eh? He said we walk by faith. We live. The just shall live by faith. So in reality, the teaching of Christ is the giving of life. So when he said, 
in John 20, 31. You can give it to me again. John 20, 31. He said, but these things we are, are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, comma, the son of the living God. Can we read the last, the last phrase together? One, two, go. So believing is supposed to do what? Give life. Uh, the using of life is another thing. But when you can understand, you come into life. Now, when we got born again, our spirit was recreated, a life being. But we have not had life. It's one thing to be life. It's another thing to have life. Our person in our spirit is life. We are life. When Christ, who is our life? So our life is Christ's life in our spirit. But we need to hold that life. Where we hold life is with our soul. And if you don't teach life or teach Christ or teach power or teach blessing, you will not hold, let people, make people come to hold life. So the communicating of Christ's doctrine is actually the communicating of life. Meaning the soul is actually meant to palp palpitate. When Christ is being taught, Pastor Dia, you will be amazed. A person's soul will be, will be living. You see the way we breathe. Things should fall in the soul. And the soul begins to behave. Satan has actually dropped things in the soul that has taken life away from the soul. We, the soul can't respond to God. So many times you pray, pray, pray. You don't need six hours prayers. If you learn Christ... You don't need seven hours prayers. If you don't have life, you don't have life. Now, it's two different things. Being life is different from having life. We, we are life with our spirit. Our spirit is life. Having, eh? He said, that which we have heard from the beginning, we have seen with our eyes. We have looked upon our hands, soul, as handled of the word of life. I can be life. But I don't have life. Because what you have is what you spend. What you have is what you use for life. So I am born again. You are life in your spirit. As a spirit, you are life. You are Christ. You are light. Ephesians 5, 8. He said, you were darkness. But now, are you light? You, you, you are light. But they now say, come and hold life. You can't hold life. Except you are taught life. Now, if they teach you life by understanding, by doctrine, you will now know how to do life. You will use life as the Lord leads you, as the Spirit of God brings promptings of the Spirit. Let's say amen. amen. So, you know, the Bible says there are ancient landmarks in the books of Proverbs 22. Now, the things about Christ, everlasting life, are ancient. They didn't begin with the New Testament. They've been there from the hold. I mean, right from the beginning. It's not a doctrine of EGFM. Let's say amen. amen. It's not an ETA. They said, you, you know, these people, they are overstretching things. They are, no, a thousand times no. Paul taught it. John taught it. Peter taught it. James taught it. Jude taught it. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John bore witness to it. Then all the old scriptures of the prophets said it. Back to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. So in chapter 1, in a figure, the things of man's spirit, in a figure. 
Man's spirit is like our, you know, you know, when it was created, it's like the new creation. So when we got born again, another spirit emerged. But it emerged when they recreated Jesus' spirit. And I like the word one of our pastors said. It is Christ. We were not quickened with the Son of God. We were quickened with who? It's Christ. It's Christ. It's Christ. It's Christ. For God who is rich in mercy. For his great love wherewith he had loved us. Even when we were dead in sins. Had quickened us together with Christ. With life. So for Adam, in a figure, in a shadow, he was, his spirit was Christ. Then God blessed him with Christ's things, blessings. He blessed him in the Adamic earthly manner. But 2 verse 7, Genesis 2 verse 7, God moved forward. Climbed higher in things that pertains to man. Genesis 2 verse 7. And the Lord God formed man. Of the dust of the ground. And breathed into his nostrils. The breath of life. And man became a living soul. It's a higher dealing. Now if you check it. There are three boundaries. Between Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2. One is man's spirit. That's Christ. When God was doing things around man's body. And soul. He dropped things of the father. Things of the living soul. Then he went further and did everlasting life, eternal life. Like one of the pastors was saying earlier on today, you understand, that you know, when God you know, you know, you know, formed man, you understand, you know, he was an everlasting man. In his spirit, a type of Christ. In his soul, the things he had, you understand, the you know, further blessing that God blessed his soul with when God formed his body. His soul had blessing. Because God had blessed them. But in Genesis 2 verse 7, God further put life. More life. Everybody say more life. life. Formed his body from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Of course, when God did create the spirit, it was around things of the earth. Check all the things they made with him. You know, everything they made with him is where things we can relate with. We can see them. Am I saying the truth? How many of us can see the sun? The moon? The stars? How many of us can see animals? Can see sea? Can see earth? Can see sky? That's the domain, the environment they made the spirit from. But when God was going to form his body, the realm wherein they formed his body from, we can't see it now. Because it's a deeper plane. It's just outside Eden. God picked his body in the environment of Eden. Then God breathed into his nostrils. It's like God put another commandment. God put life more than what he had put before. Let's say amen. So if you were to judge Colossians 2 verse 2. The blessings of God. The mystery of God. Mystery of Father. Mystery, mystery of Christ. When God was doing things around the Spirit, He was doing things around Christ. When God was doing things around the soul body, God was doing things at the height of everlasting light, then eternal life was just before Him. 
But in order to obey all the instructions of things that pertains to eternal life. Let's say amen. amen. Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. The law of Christ is the law of life. In Romans chapter 8, he calls it the law of the spirit of life. Romans 8 verse 1. You can give me before we come to Matthew. Romans 8 verse 1. Romans chapter 8 verse 1. There is therefore now. No condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ. Everybody say the law of the spirit of life. So there's a law. It's the law that we are called to come and learn. When we learn that law. We learn the law that is responsible for the impartation of life for our soul. It's a spiritual law. Though we are life with our spirit, in our spirit, but our soul is called to come and learn the law of life. Let's say amen. Now, let's move to um, another law. Let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. First Peter chapter 1, I read from verse 22. If you are there, say amen. Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. He's talking about people who are doing the law of life here. That they purify their souls in obeying what? The truth. Through what? Through the spirit of life. What's the spirit of life in the soul of a person will do? The spirit of life is a spirit of truth. What it will do, you know, Pastor Johnny, to a person is that it will it will call forth a conversation of obedience to, to the, according to the law of Christ against the law of sin and death. So these people, it was obvious. Peter was saying, sin, that everybody can see it. Sin you, it's not every believer. These people, it is obvious. He says, sin you have obeyed the truth. You didn't just obey, you didn't obey Bible. You didn't just take something from the Bible and start doing it. Morning devotion. You know, evening devotion. You understand? Praying for these long hours. No, it's coming as a, whatever lifestyle they lived is as a result of truth. And truth here is a spirit. It's a sin you have purified your souls. In obeying the truth, not just obeying, through the spirit, unto sincere love of the brethren. 
See that you love one another fervently with, you know, you know, you know, with a pure heart. Fervently. Can we read verse 23 together? One, two, go. Can we do it together? One, two, go. Still talking about the word of God, verse 24. One, two, go. Verse 25. Endure it forever. So this word that he is talking about is not Christ's word. Let's say amen. I didn't hear us. Let's say amen. Pastor, you made the word Peter is talking about here. It's not Christ's word. The people who did Christ, they have used a law. It has purified their soul. He now said they should love each other fervently. As they are doing that, they will come into another allocation. Wherein they will experience being born again. Not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. Even by the word of God that lives and abides forever. Then verse 24. For all flesh. Everybody say all flesh. Now, the law of life that is in Christ deals with flesh at the Christ measure. At the Christ level. Just like the law of life that is in Christ deals with corruption that is in the world. Second Peter chapter 1. You understand? You say, having escaped the corruption that is in the world, true lust. So the law of life that is in Christ deals with corruption. Corruption is really, is flesh. Flesh are in grades. You know, where we read part of the same scripture for this meeting in John chapter 6. You know, when Jesus was talking about the living father, things everlasting, he was talking about flesh. And daddy, two days ago, while daddy was teaching, daddy says the beginning of the seasons of things everlasting is flesh. It ends in bread. How many of us remember? Yeah? It ends. Can you give me that place? Can we read together? Let's read. One, two, go. Maybe one or two, three verses after. One, two, go. Can we read? As the living father had sent me, and I live by the father, so he that eateth me shall live by me. Can you give me the next verse? This is the bread which came, this is that bread which came from heaven. Not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth this bread shall live. Can you give me where he was talking about bread and flesh? Okay, thank you. Can we read together? One, two, go. So he's saying, he's talking about Everlasting life. He's talking about things of the, the realm of living. He's talking about things of the Father. So that is said two nights ago. He said it begins, the beginning of the season of things everlasting. That no man was able to use everlasting things the way our Lord did. That he used everlasting to the point wherein he came into season of grains. But he began as flesh. Now, when God made Adam, Pastor Sam, outer, I'm talking about his body. The very first time the word flesh occurred in scripture was used with respect to Adam and his wife. Genesis chapter 2. The last two verses. Can you give me Genesis chapter 2? He said, this now. 
Okay. Can we read together? One to go. Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. One to go. Okay, verse 23. One to go. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Verse 24. Shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they twain shall be what? So coming together, they became, they will become one flesh. But we talked about bone. Blood is gotten from bone. Let's say amen. From the marrow. Then he talked about flesh. So in reality, when God actually, you know, built him, even though God had blessed his soul in chapter 1, verse 28, with the things of Christ, that spirit soul, God blessed him with the things of Christ. But when God formed body, when God formed flesh, but that's the first time, you understand, the word flesh occurred. And when it occurred, it didn't occur on the negative. It occurred on the positive. Because why? The man and the woman that God made, when Adam would say it, he said, when the two of us couple will become one flesh. And the breath God put again in that soul is everlasting. The word there is living. Let's say living. So Genesis chapter 1, a measure of life was raised, Christ. The blessing entered soul. Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, informing the body, God again put life. Everybody say life. life. Everlasting life. He put it again into Adam's soul. So from the beginning, that ancient landmark was laid. That it's from Christ. To everlasting life. Then eternal life was just right before them. But they fell from eternal life. Eh? By taking of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. They fell from the estate. Instead of ending the curriculum of laying hold on eternal life. They fell. And God had to drive them out of the garden. Let's say amen. Now back to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. Over the years, the Lord in mercy through our parents have stressed things of Christ. Things of Christ, you know, have been painted Again and again and again. And uh, I remember, was it um, somebody was answering a question at uh, one of the events, me, uh, meetings here in Nigeria, uh, BGT, uh, for those who know about it. And I was streaming. I listened to Pastor Leke, Pastor T. Lash answering somebody's question. And I think somebody asked the question also earlier today, you know, that, you know, if I am not finished Christ and they are teaching things everlasting, you know, should I just shut out and zone out. I remember one of the answers one of the guided pastors gave is keep hearing. Those things store as atmosphere over you, store as rain, as cloud over you. They will fall in their season. Come for meeting. As a matter of fact, the season of things everlasting accelerates the work of Christ in you. If it took some people 10 years to get Christ's work done within them, it will not take that long for you 
who is in the season of everlasting life. Let's say amen. Now, some things around things that are, you know, everlasting because the theme of the meeting is the living son of God. Now, over the first things I found stirred in my heart is to make a difference. You understand? About that there is something called Christ. And there is something called the son of the living God. Maybe one more scriptures. And I like that scripture very, very well. Romans chapter 16, then I come back. Romans chapter 16. Romans chapter 16, verse 25. Want to go? I read. Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel. Comma. And the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret before the world began. Now, my gospel, there's a comma. Now, my gospel is different from the preaching of Jesus Christ. Now, the preaching of Jesus Christ is the revelation of the mystery. He's talking about the second one, not of power to establish you. After he said that, now to him that is of power to establish you, according to... To my gospel. There's a comma. You know, I say, and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began. Is that thing he's still talking about, verse 26? But now is made manifest, and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations. For to obey faith. So there is the gospel of power. And there is the gospel of everlasting life. It's a commandment. It's the preaching of Jesus Christ. Now part of the issues, you know, one of our pastors were talking yesterday. And he was talking about a relative of his. Who, you know, have listened to, you know, um, you know, messages, you know. And just feels like, you know, you people are, you divide things that shouldn't be divided. Jesus is, Jesus is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is son of God. That you are dividing it is because you are looking for something that is not lost. But the truth is that the agenda of God will never be fulfilled. If a people don't learn the gospel, if it's something that shouldn't be learned, like Pastor Jeff was saying a while ago, if God doesn't want us to learn it, he would have just made our spirit not just only Christ, our spirit would have been everlasting life, even being eternal life. And I can assure you, immediately our body will change. The moment you get born again, the energy of that in the, you know, in, 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 in yes, will change our body. But from the beginning, ordinances have been laid. From Genesis, the ordinances that you put Christ in the soul after the spirit is formed, then you further add, you know, a, a everlasting gospel. Or the living breath, you add it to the soul. Then the soul, for Adam, he didn't just have the, ever, you know, the living breath in his soul alone. He had a body that, is, that can carry it. His body is at par with that living breath. And he went to obey God. They say, God said, obey me. So that you will eventually take eternal life. So God stretched it from the beginning. So now that we are born again, if we don't learn 
from doctrine to doctrine. We will be here. All of us, God forbid, we will go. Another generation will come. The only thing that can change and tamper with timing is the gospel when it is believed and received by the souls of you know, God's people. Let's say amen. Now let's turn our Bibles some. Let's turn our Bibles to um, First Peter. First Peter, yes, First Peter. First Peter chapter 1. I read from verse 2. Let me read from verse 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, is talking to Jewish Christians, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, true sanctification of the Spirit, Unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. So Peter is talking to a people who have come into election. This election is not that God knows you before time. In chapter 2 Peter, he said make your election, make your calling an election, sure. So we come into being elected. When we are learning Christ. Let's say amen. Yeah? So he's saying elect according to the foreknowledge of God. Through the work of sanctification. Say sanctification. sanctification. I didn't hear you say sanctification. sanctification. That when we are learning Christ. We are actually learning sanctification. We are, the faith, hope, charity are strengths of our souls being sanctified. Put another way, the, it's our soul being purified. Being purified of what? Being purified from sin. Now, when Adam took of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, he ate into many things. Now, that tree in Romans 5 verse 12, he said, as by one man's disobedience, sin entered into the world and death by sin. But you know, daddy has taught us, that tree holds much more than just sin and death. It holds hell and death. But what Adam could take at that level, because that ordinance of receiving, you can't break it. God would not put within his soul things everlasting if he didn't put blessing first. So when Adam ate of that tree, because that tree is a tree of hell and death also, but what Adam could take from that tree that Paul bore witness to is sin and death. It's sin and death he became aware of in a measure. His spirit died, but in, you know, in a measure he knew, he had awareness, not using it, but he had awareness that there is sin and death. But his children in different generations journeyed with that seed until hell and death showed up. So for us now, when we are born again, we learn Christ. And the learning of Christ is to you know, purify our soul from sin and death. Or purify our soul from a negative Christ law. Say negative Christ law. That tree is a high tree. Any tree that you find, because that tree is standing in the most holy of, of the earth. Any tree 
that can stay in the most holy, just like an high priest. An high priest is a tree in the most holy. He has every other thing in the realms of the tabernacle. He has things of the court. He has things of the holy place. Then he has things of the most holy. In the same vein, that tree has sin. That tree has death. And that tree has hell and death. But Peter is saying here that these people, he's saying it in verse 2, he's saying it in verse 22, that sin, they've come into sanctification. True truth. And coming into sanctification prepares them, positions them for to come into another allocation, which is the allocation of salvation. Let's read verse 3, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy had begotten us again unto a lively hope. By the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, comma, to an inheritance, incorruptible, undefiled, and that faded not away, reserved in heaven for you. Verse 5. For you who are kept by the power of God or by the preaching, the nature, the life of Christ. So a people who are sanctified are a people who are made ready for things salvation. A people who are sanctified are a people who are made ready for everlasting life. A people who are sanctified are a people who are now ready to learn things incorruptible. Because everlasting life is the life that is incorruptible, it's undefiled, it does not fade away. It endures. And that's the strength of the things that the Lord has brought over us in this season. Meaning the Lord empowering his parents and pastors, particularly to stress things everlasting. To preach, you know, the incorruptible seed. Like Daddy said some time ago, ministering, he said the seed of Christ it's a seed that is not corrupt. But it's not incorruptible. So if I learn Christ, it deals with corruption. Ephesians chapter 4. But if I stop at that junction, I higher corruption would catch up with me. Now, so people might feel these things, you know, um, call it esoteric. Some people might feel you understand? Um, must we be like if we are learning <laughs> in lecture room anytime we come to church? But I can assure you, the strength of the damage that the adversary has wrought in us will not be checked if we don't, we are not taken by the Lord through this route. We will not. I mean, you know, when you check natures, you understand, of things that are, ever, they are everlasting strength in all of us. People who argue that there is nothing everlasting, gospel is gospel. They have, you said? <laughs> that, that is, <laughs> they say it's everlasting strength that is talking in them. Now, when you say everlasting, for example, when God will, Hype and 
blow this light very well, men will know that they are everlasting. <laughs> now, we are having men, though dead in their spirit, who Satan has pushed in the realms of their soul that they are everlasting. Now, everlasting does not mean they won't die. It means the quality of life, the nature that they have is everlasting. In scriptures, you find people like that, like Nimrod. The nature he had to take people from the face of God is everlasting. Meaning, if you bring Nimrod back then in the company of those who are Christ, you floor all of them. As a matter of fact, check where they were. They were on the mountain. But he brought all of them down. <laughs> he brought all of them. Mountain is a type of Christ. The ark rests on Ararat. Then one man. Everybody say one man. Just one man that Satan has done over time on. And he moved the whole world from the faces of God on the mountain. And he brought them to a plain ground, to Shina. Now, if all you know, we, we are focusing on is miracles and signs and wonder, if Satan succeeds in raising a Nimrod in our day, and the truth is, whether we like it or not, the, what the Lord is making provision for is for us to grow. If he succeeds to raise someone and he gives him everlasting strength that has everlasting mouth, he won't spare the church. You will be amazed at people who would follow him. In Revelation chapter 13, he said the dragon, he said they will, the beast, they will give him mouth to war with the saints. He said, and he would overcome them. Who are saints? Everybody, who are saints? Holy place Christians. They are holy place. Many people who have done Christ. He said he will have power, that's it. Can you give it Revelation chapter 13? One of the verses, maybe verse 6 or verse 7. So when the Lord in his mercy, he's saying we should come and learn things everlasting. I know one of the joy in my heart is the Lord is raising a people who with little evidence are following truth. With little evidence. It's power. We know that if they raise one dead here in EGFM, it, God will need a lot of power to keep the doctrine going. Because those kind of things are scarce. You just raise one. You see all kinds of people. You will not know people who are looking for God. So sometimes when we are asking God, heaven too will be begging us. We beg you. We beg you. This thing has gone far like this. Just let us finish it. Because if they just do one, raise one on Monday, then raise another one on Saturday, finish. <laughs> That's why you will know people will create channel and be broadcasting our message by themselves. Because they will say it's, it's everlasting wickedness. Yeah, because they want traffic. And before you know, people who shouldn't know you, who shouldn't know us, who know us. Some of us will be distracted. Even underneath ministers will be distracted because you'll be seeing yourself in places you never expect to see yourself. you get calls from people you never expect to get calls from. Yes. You need stature. To hand, and you know somebody will be like, no, I just checked it. You know, some, someone, somebody said years ago, he said, those of us who are just sitting down in EGFM, he said, we, are, we are, have too much, you understand? We should go and pastor churches. He said, you are just dead. I'm just feeding you, feeding you. You have too much. Yeah. I just looked at him. I was angry. <laughs> because in, when I first came around, there are some things I knew and I thought I have known. Then I scattered things. Made problems. Caused trouble for daddy, mommy. Scattered things. After that time, 
the desire to do anything to a good degree. If you, if you, if you begin to talk about me going to do something, the, my reaction is anger. And maybe you now go and you know, do this thing. It's anger. Just say it. You have gotten me angry. I might be smiling like this. I'm angry with you. Just leave us. Can we lay hold on this eternal life? Then leave us. After we had laid hold, Abba, <laughs> shall we? <laughs> but before then, you don't want to release something that will now turn against you. In staying under our parents and pastors, I have found that there are different seasons over souls. Sometimes you, just, you are so anointed, you know, light is so much, you just feel like the seventh spirit of God yourself. Because scriptures are just opening. And for you, you just feel like, they just leave you. Let them now bring, if it is Nollywood movie, six weeks later. <laughs> now, those lights came in. That season, you know, you just looked at it, you saw an angel. Before you know, you look like that, you know, word of knowledge, everything around Revelation, you are just, you know, even you yourself, you just be wondering what, what. And the Spirit of God will be telling you, pride, pride. How many of you have heard that before? <laughs> yeah? You know, you are just praying, you know, praying in a very good season. You are just eliminating pride, 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 a lie, a lie, a lie. Change your tongue to rise, you know, pride, pride. <laughs> You'll be wondering, what is the pride? <laughs> because why, there are things inside. So the Lord is, you know, in one thing I found being under our parents, different seasons. Seasons, sometimes the Lord will show you so much light. Then another season, they create another circumstance. You see helplessness. You see, you see, you see, you see envy. And you'll be wondering, with all those lights... The journey is far. But the Lord is bringing us to a place wearing things that have everlasting strength. Because hell and death are everlasting. And the teaching of everlasting life or the preaching of the living, God wants to make our soul living soul. Everybody say living soul. Scripture says every living soul should praise the Lord. It says, let everything that has breath. That's what it means. Praise the Lord. So what God wants to do, when they are giving us, you know, you know, scriptures that are everlasting, that have been locked, those scriptures only opens to a Christ formation. When a soul is formed Christ, those scriptures begins to open. It's ordinance in the spirit. They will never open to an average believer who is not Christ. It will enjoy him. It's like giving him a plane to fly when he has never been to aeronautic school. Eh? So, but God in love would stay on us for Christ, for life. We will live. We will walk by faith. Sins will be dealt with in us. Then when that is done, they will now begin to open us to incorruptible seed. Everybody say incorruptible seed. Incorruptible seed is the seed that has the DNA of the Father. On the negative side, the negative of incorruptible seed is corruptible, high corruptible seed. 
And I, corruptible seed, is also a seed that makes men grass. That's why he was comparing in First Peter chapter one, when he first, after he said, "Being born again, not of corruptible, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, by the word of God, which lives." That's the faith of that incorruptible seed, and abide. That's the love of that incorruptible seed. He now said in verse twenty-four, "All flesh." Everybody say, "All flesh." Now, this all flesh is not talking about flesh that Christ's doctrine should deal with or can deal with. It's flesh at a height. So again, what incorruptible seed is meant to deal with is flesh. What's the incorruptible seed or the living and abiding seed? What he wants to deal with in me and you is flesh. So, sir, the fact that I have learned Christ's doctrine very well does not mean I'm free from flesh. As a matter of fact, a person who has used Christ's light very well and become Christ, he has become Christ's high charity, he is still grass somewhere. Because all flesh, that's what they compare. Check it, they sandwich that scripture in between two scriptures. Verse 23, they were talking about seeds incorruptible eh, that live it and abide it. Verse 25, he said, and this is that word which by the gospel is preached unto you, the word of the Lord. But verse 24, he said, all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is as the flower of the grass. The grass falleth, the grass withereth, and the flowers thereof falleth away. He said, but he that doeth the will of the Lord, or he that does things from everlasting, incorruptible seed would abide. So when they are bringing everlasting seeds, incorruptible seed, they want to co- co- confront our flesh. Meaning we would have a different sense of what flesh is. Now our Lord, where we read in that John chapter 6. He that eateth my flesh. And drinketh my blood. Is it this one? Dwelleth in me and I in him. There's one where he talked about, you gave it to me earlier. Yes, 51. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I give for the life of the world. So the the bread, the living bread, everything he was talking about in this whole chapter is everlasting life, is incorruptible. So he said, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If any man eats this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh. So when he is giving his flesh is giving bread. So if it says being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, he's saying there is a seed that is incorruptible. It will end up being making us bread. Let's say amen. But he also called it flesh. Now there is corruptible seed. Now corruptible seed is in every man. The seed is there. It has fallen into the human race. Eh? What evil spirits are doing, they are awakening it. 
They are watering it. Now, when we begin to learn things that are incorruptible, the incorruptible seed, sir, we're actually going to face flesh. Sir, we will see another level of flesh in us. Not the flesh that the law of life dealt with. I mean, we will see I flesh and its glories. It has glory. He said it has flower. And that's what the word of God wants to deal with. So as we are growing, you understand, coming into scenes, seasons of things everlasting and things incorruptible, we'll begin to see certain high corruptible flesh. We'll begin to see standards that when the Lord opens it and it is messy. Now the degree to, of, of incorruptible things that is shown is the degree of corruptible things that we will see in ourselves. Meaning, the more God raises the seed and is growing the seed, the more we will be having sense of things that are corruptible, that we still have, that we still keep, that the Lord wants to save us from. Let's say amen. The Lord wants to reap a people who are living, a people who are sons of the living God under our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the son of the living God. And to do so, we need to hear seed. We need to hear word. We need to hear preaching. We need to hear the Lord lay line upon line, precept upon precept of doctrine. And let's not allow anybody cheat us. No matter the noise Satan makes anywhere, no matter the distraction he seeks to bring to us, one that he says outside is of little effect. It's the one that he comes to tell us. I'm not lying to you. I remember back then, back then, you know, listening to when we were hearing Faith of the Son. I'm talking like maybe like seven, ten years ago, listening to Faith of the Son. Oh my goodness. I don't know about you, but you know, back then, many days of saying, Is this thing true? I don't I can't forget. I wake up in the morning, the first thought that comes to my mind, is it true? I know both the fact that I, was, I wasn't seeing well was part of it. Then evil spirits, who, they are just around. They'll keep telling you. They'll be showing you reasons why it's not true. If this thing is true, why is this ministry not saying it? If this thing is true, why is Bishop Dash 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 not saying it? At least, Pastor, this, this, this should say it. If it is true, why is Reverend this, this, this? Not affirming it. So, and you come for meetings, and part of the challenge and the strength that evil spirit latch on, but it's a challenge for us, is that some of our, our natures, you know, because there is a sense we have, we don't have a sense of pro, you know, process. We just feel if we hear this thing, tomorrow we are perfect. It's Satan's work. So, when maybe you hear it for two years, and certain things is still there. So, you just tell yourself, this thing is not working. Now, it's good to know. It is not meant to work. It is meant to change us. It is meant to change us. I mean, we are meant to become better with the things we are hearing. So God helped us under our parents and pastors. Christ's antichrist spirit fought the work. But to a great degree, you can tell they've been broken. But it's looking like some other folks, some other guys. <laughs> Are, are drawing there. And the truth is that, you know, God forbid, that is said on you know, the first night of the meeting. He said, this word that is coming, he said it will further prune some people. 
He said to further reveal those who are not all of us. May we find grace to, you understand, to push deeper. You know, this is a time to love doctrine. This, you know, can I say this in rounding up, you know, I don't know how far I've tried this evening, but can I say this? God will bless us with strength to trust our parents. There are some seasons that if you, the logic of understanding, I think at times the Lord even allows it. Eh? Wherein you might not fully understand and nobody can deny that. No, I don't think there's any ministry. Look at our Lord Jesus Christ. He said things that they did not understand and he told them, I have things to say, you can't bear it. And he said it. So God is saying certain things that we need to trust that the Oyego came. You see, one thing that I knew helped many people in the season of Christ, for those who were around, when it was like there was no reference. Now you still find people, now you find people saying it here and there, and you see the fruit of that life. But then it's just trust. Satan would accuse daddy. He would accuse mommy. He would accuse, he would accuse anybody and everybody in your heart. But one strength to pass through seasons like this, I'm learning it from pastor, I'm learning it from our pastors, is to trust. Trust. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, Paul told Timothy, he said, you know my doctrine, then you know my manner of life. Yeah? We need to know the people that the Lord has put us under. And check them consistently for years. Not 10 years, 20 years. Following the Lord, saying the same thing. Checking their feet, their conversation. So whatever it is you hear from anywhere. Because the spirits that are fighting, that would fight. Unless you understand the thing we are hearing is not true. It's true. And we get spirits with wicked sense. They know where to land on a soul just to make him abort the seed. Just to make him go back. But wherever you are hearing from, may we find grace. Can I tell you, this is the time to trust authority more. They say, don't follow blindly. I'm not lying. Follow the Lord blindly. Follow the Lord blindly. Follow his servants blindly. Ah, they, they don't need to be perfect for you to follow. I love one thing Pastor you know, Jeff said, Tokura. You understand? You know, if you are looking for a, if if you have eyes that sees imperfection, maybe you are perfect, then you don't need church. But we that have followed our parents, we need to trust God. We that are young pastors who trust God, you know, encourage brethren. You understand? You're not understanding. Listen to this message. Then calm down. Calm down. You're not understanding. They say people have entered. Calm down. Calm down. You came two years ago. You understand? You know, they say people have entered. Some people are just on one leg like this. They enter eternal life. Calm down. Just relax. Enjoy life. Enjoy Christ. Love your brethren. Do the commandments you are doing. At the same time, make sure you are running. But at the same time, calm down. Eh? Because why? We are going to eat it by the mercy of God. Eh? In Old Testament, the priest, the high priest, they will enter. Imagine two million people crossing the Red Sea, for example. Why some people have crossed, sitting, filing their finger, eating something, some other people are still coming. Probably some, somebody is just taking a quick nap after crossing. Some other people, two, try two million people crossing the sea. So don't worry. Are you in the boat? Are you in the company? Are you in the park? Are you walking? You must cross. This thing would reach you. The cloud, 
that is, you know, covering. I always encourage people with that. I encourage myself. Am I following daddy? Am I loving daddy? Loving mommy under the Lord Jesus? Am I loving pastor maker? Am I fighting my daily warfare of little, little obedience? I will get there. It's just a matter of time. So I will become a living son. I will become an everlasting son. Don't allow that. Let's evil spirits say that's their work. You wake up in the morning, see you. Sister so, so, and so has entered. Just tell him, thank you. Thank you. I like this, your report. <laughs> eh? Thank you. Where will you enter? <laughs> you that is giving us report of entrance. When will you enter? Eh? As you are here, you understand, everybody has dropped this nature. You are the only one that has not dropped this nature. Ah, Jesus has work. That's the reason why he's at the right hand of the throne of the majesty. Eh? What I'm trying to say is that don't allow discouragement wear you out. That you are not understanding doesn't mean you will not understand. Because to you it is given to know. It is to you. It is to me. We will know it. Can we be on our feet tonight? I'd like us to you know, you know, pray that the Lord will bless us with strength. The Lord will bless us with strength. The Lord will garrison us within. The Lord will bring conviction within us for the things that we are hearing. Can we pray in the name of Jesus? That we will have strength to believe. We will not doubt doctrine. That the Lord will give us sense against evil spirits. Evil spirits that talk people out of the way. That talk people out of the paths. That the Lord will bless us with wisdom. One by one we will have wisdom. As a company we will have wisdom. We will not have bought our seed. We will not die spiritually. In the book of Psalms, he said, I will not die, but live to declare the works of the Lord. That we will declare these works with our feet, with our hands, with our mouths, with our life. We will enter things everlasting. In the name of Jesus. Can we pray this prayer lastly? One way Satan easily discourages people is to assault the ministry. Assault the ministers. Is to tag them. Can we pray that God will strengthen all our brethren? He said, Paul said, God delivered me from the mouth of the lion. That God will deliver all our brethren. You know, you know, you know, in whatever means Satan comes to bring discouragement, breed doubt, that the Lord will make available deliverance. For some people, no matter what the devil says, he even won't say it because he knows it won't work. Eh? But for some people, he can still say things that will, you know, stray them. Can we pray that God will bring wisdom? God will bring a garrison. God will bless us with sense. And God will increase our love for the Lord. Then our love for spiritual authority. It is scriptural to do so. Our love for Jesus. Our love for things everlasting. Our love for Christ. Then our love for the people the Lord has set over us. Our parents and our pastors. That God will increase that love. That that love will be stronger than the mouth of any man and any woman.
In Jesus' name we pray.